Hi, and welcome to Follow's weekly message podcast. Thanks for joining us. We hope this message inspires you and helps you to follow Jesus in your community for His glory. Here's the message. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Well, last weekend, Kim and I had the opportunity to get away and spend some quality time together, which was really nice. We went to Druin and we did a house swap with my parents. And so they got our house and they got our kids and we got their house and no kids. It's a pretty good deal. And so we always enjoy those kind of weekends. Now, I have a bike, which I very rarely ride. And the main reason for that is that it's permanently in dad at mum's house. So since they were there for the weekend, I thought, here's an opportunity to go for a ride. And so I got up Saturday morning, I thought, I'm going to ride from Druin to Warrigal and then all the way back. You know those times when you have a picture in your head of how something's going to go, but the reality of the experience is very different to the picture you had? Well, this is one of those situations. Uh, I go for a long walk every morning with the dog, and I still play basketball weekly, and even though I've put on a few COVID kilos, I keep reasonably fit and healthy. But walking and running are very different exercises when compared to riding, and that's something I was certainly reminded of last Saturday. And so I set off for this ride, picturing in my head a nice, pleasant cruise off to Warrigal and back. I'd take in the picturesque surroundings, you know, marvel at the rolling hills, wave to the cows and sheep, and admire the cloud-free sky. And I envisioned coming back reinvigorated and refreshed. Well, what was I thinking? I don't know if you can remember last Saturday, but it was super hot and humid. And the hills on that bike ride, well, they were a lot steeper than I remembered. And I got about two-thirds of the way to Warrigal, and I was so hot and bothered, I literally felt like I was going to vomit. I think the technical word is I hit the wall. And so I stopped, I got off my bike, and I just laid down on the grass that I found by the bike track. And I laid there for a few minutes just to try and refresh myself before continuing on my way. I messaged Kim while I was there on the grass, and I said, I'm uh, not even there yet, but I'm completely stuffed already. And I must admit, I was thinking to myself that Kim may be getting an SOS call when I arrived in Warrigal to come and pick me up because I was weary. And I really felt at that moment like giving up and taking the easy way out. I wonder whether you can relate to that story today, not necessarily in a physical way, but perhaps emotionally, mentally, and spiritually after the last 12 months that we've endured. For most people, it's been a really difficult season, and a pandemic is not something that we ever sort of had on our horizon to endure in our lifetime, but that's been the reality of our experience. If I could take all the emotions, all the setbacks of the last 12 months and boil it all down to one word, I think the word I would use is weariness. Some may even feel like giving up. Perhaps you feel exhausted, like you've got nothing left to give. Well, at this point, I feel like it's a good moment to draw on one of the great prophets of old. His name was Chumbawamba, and he once wrote a song called Tub Thumping, and I think that song's just for this moment. Now, some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Some of you are thinking, what on earth are you talking about? Chumbawamba is Luke speaking in tongues. Well, I can assure you I'm not doing that. And so let me just sing the song for you, and I'm sure you'll recognize it. This is what Chumbawamba sang. He said, I get knocked down, but I get up again. 
You're never gonna keep me down. I get knocked down, but I get up again. You're never gonna keep me down. Now, you probably know the song. Maybe you don't recognize the tune. But today, I want you to think of the words of that chorus and let those words sink into your spirit. I get knocked down. Isn't that life right now? All the disappointments and loss of the last 12 months, the grief and confusion, the anger and stress, the depression, the weariness. And we all turn the calendar page into 2021, hoping it will be so much better, and yet we're still uncertain of what the future looks like. And maybe last year you feel like it was a TKO, you know, a total knockout. And maybe you think, I don't know if I can get up again. I don't feel close to God. I'm frustrated. I'm not motivated or comfortable to gather again in a room as community. I'm disconnected. I don't have the energy to serve any longer. I give up. It's all too hard. Well, it might be a corny, catchy song, but the chorus of that song is an anthem that Scripture speaks and Jesus makes a reality in those difficult times of life. You may have been knocked down, but we can get up again in Christ. And sometimes we need to preach to ourselves the promises of God because we know that when we are weak, He is strong. We know that without Him, we can do nothing, but with Him, all things are possible. We know, Lord, You are our comforter. You are our counselor. You give us strength. You promise to be our ever-present help in times of need. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Today, this year, you can get up again. And it's Christ who can help you to do so because no matter what we go through, we never walk alone. And in Christ, we have everything that we need. You know, last week, Ads talked about refreshment. And a moment ago, I quoted Psalm 23 regarding the valley of the shadow of death. But let me remind you how that psalm starts. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. It's personal. He's my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. You know, last Saturday I eventually arrived in Warrigal, but I needed to get off my bike, lay in the cool grass and be physically refreshed to continue the journey. And because of that brief time of rest and refreshment, I'm happy to report I completed the ride to Warrigal and all the way back to Druin again, but it was only because of the refreshment I experienced laying in that grass. This is what the psalmist is saying. It's the same for us spiritually. There are regular times spiritually where that's exactly what's required. We need Jesus to make us lie down in green pastures. We need him to lead us by still waters. We need our soul to be refreshed. And it's Jesus who offers that kind of refreshment. And so if you want to hear more about rest and refreshment, go back and watch last week's message again. Today, the topic of my talk is perseverance. But the reality is, if we don't hitch the topic of perseverance to the wagon of refreshment in Christ, we won't have the ability to persevere. They're not mutually exclusive. They actually belong together. And so we need to prioritize and cultivate that kind of refreshing time, time in the word, time in prayer, 
in fellowship with one another, and sometimes just in the stillness in order to be able to persevere. And so today's message is really working on the assumption that each of us are finding those times of refreshment with the Lord. And in light of those refreshing times, we can now persevere. And so let's go to today's passage from Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. It says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, and especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Let's break this passage down this morning. The first thing I want to say is that Paul says, let us not become weary in doing good. You know, recently Kim and I were talking to a dear friend of ours who used to profess the Christian faith, but she'd no longer describe herself as a follower of Christ. Now, despite where she's at, the great news is that we can still have open conversations about faith. And in a recent conversation, she said with an air of resignation, it's just too hard being a Christian. I wonder, have you ever felt that way? With recent government bills, with division around politics, with societal thoughts and attitudes towards Christianity, and with the uncertainty coming from a global pandemic, it would be no surprise if that's where you're at right now. I've certainly felt that sort of sentiment from right across the Christian community, and I've personally felt it myself. And you find yourself asking questions in your mind like, are we fighting a losing battle? Has all the opposition and struggle in our lives just kind of worn us down? Do we start to doubt that we can really make any difference in this world? Have we simply grown weary of doing good? I think if we're honest with ourselves, the answer is sometimes yes. And if you felt that way, I'm sure the Apostle Paul, the writer of Galatians, could certainly relate to you. You see, Paul was a man on a mission, and he traveled the known world preaching the good news of Jesus. But everywhere he went, he found himself getting knocked down. In every single chapter of Galatians, he mentions people who opposed him, and all the people mentioned are people within the religious establishment. And so he's facing opposition from the very people who profess to know God. And that's not to mention all the opposition he faced from people outside of the faith who strongly opposed and at times persecuted anybody who represented Jesus. Now, as Christians, we know being in a relationship with Jesus is the most incredible, the most life-giving experience we can ever have. But one of the most damaging doctrines of faith in recent times has been what is known as the prosperity doctrine. A doctrine that believes that being a Christian means that we should constantly be happy, healthy, and wealthy. I'm not sure where that idea originated from, but it certainly doesn't come from what we read in Scripture. We know we have this incredible future hope in Christ, that one day when we see him face to face, we will be happy, we will be healthy, we will be whole when he returns. But until that day, the Christian life is certainly not always easy. And from time to time, I think we all face the temptation to give up. Now, one of the skills I think all of us could learn to grow in is the skill of trying to put ourselves in the shoes of other people. It's a good skill to practice when we're reading scripture. This week, as I pondered this passage, I tried to imagine what Paul would have gone through in his life. And the question I was asking myself is simply this, would Paul have had bad days where he felt like giving up? Well, what do we know about Paul? We know from scripture that he was shipwrecked. We know that he was falsely accused. 
We know that there were times he got incredibly tired. We know that he was rejected by those closest to him. We know that he was thrown in prison. We know that he was disappointed with people at times. We know that he was opposed. We know that he was beaten, stoned and whipped. We know he was harassed. We know he was hated pretty much everywhere he went. So I think the only possible conclusion we could draw from all of that is that Paul experienced days of great discouragement. In fact, I believe the only way it'd be possible that he didn't have seasons where he felt like giving up is if he wasn't human. And yet through his relationship with Jesus, we see in Paul's life a determination to keep persevering. This is the same man who at the end of his life declares, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race and I have kept the faith. He's also the man who said, rejoice in your sufferings because sufferings produce perseverance. Perseverance produces character and character produces hope, which does not disappoint. And just last week, I wrote in my journal that very same verse. But instead of saying sufferings, I put the numbers 2020. Rejoice in 2020 because 2020 produced perseverance. Perseverance is producing character and character produces hope and hope does not disappoint. If we're honest with ourselves, it's been a tough year. After everything Paul went through, what would he say to us at the start of another year? Well, I think he'd say, don't grow weary in doing good. And why is this so important? When we look back at the text, we see it's important because if we don't grow weary in doing good, we will reap a harvest. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Now, I love this idea of harvest. Paul's using an illustration in his agricultural world that most people would have been very familiar with. You know, when a farmer sows seed, they have no idea which of those seeds is going to produce anything. They don't go, well, that seed, that seed, that seed will, that one won't, will, won't, will, won't. They don't have a clue which of those seeds will produce something and which of those seeds will produce nothing. But what they're confident of is this, that if they sow enough seed, at some point they will reap a harvest if they don't give up. And I think Paul's saying to us that the Christian faith is exactly the same as we continue to sow gospel seeds with our words, with our actions. We don't know which seeds will grow. But what we do know is that if we keep sowing seeds day after day, moment after moment, we will reap a harvest. You see, it's not our job to know which seeds are going to grow. Our job is to go and to sow and it's God alone who can cause those seeds to grow. You know, it's been really encouraging in the last few weeks to hear of people and to meet some new people face to face who have been watching Follow online over the last 12 months. And what's really encouraging about that is that we had no idea you were watching Follow or intending on coming along when we recommence. And in times like that, it's easy to assume, well, nothing's happening. Because when you're face to face, you see people, you gauge their expression, you see the enthusiasm, you can feel the connection right there in front of your face. But online, it's very different. Apart from you know, a few regulars that comment on the feed, it's really hard to know who's engaging. And you start to think to yourself, is anyone watching this? Is it meeting the mark? Is it making a difference? But what we sometimes forget in those moments is that God is always at work. And I think that's really important to remember in a similar way with our daily lives. Paul says in 1 Corinthians that some people plant the seed, others water it, 
but God makes it grow. And I find that a really encouraging thought because I don't know as I interact with people what stage of the journey they're on. Some days we may wonder if our lives are making any difference at all. And in times of discouragement, we may grow weary and want to give up. And on those days, it's important to remember Paul's words. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time, God's time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And so as we love people, as we're generous, as we share about Jesus, we may be the ones that God is using to plant that seed. But if that person's already been introduced to Jesus, our words and actions may be watering a seed that has already been planted by someone else. If we have the privilege to lead someone to the Lord, which I've had the privilege to do a couple of times in recent months, we are just the final chain in a link. You see, you and I are links in a chain that only God can bring to completion. And I think that really takes the pressure off it. We can't save anybody. Only God can do that. But it gives our lives great purpose because every day we're sowing, we're planting, we're watering. And as we do, we should have great confidence from Scripture that at the proper time, God's time, we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. I really believe this side of eternity, we only see this much of the harvest. And let's be honest, it can be discouraging to only see that much. But I fully expect that one day when we meet Jesus face to face and stand before him, that we're going to meet people and we're going to come to grasp the full impact as of our lives as we meet those people who we interacted with and we find out that our interaction with them was part of their journey of coming to know Jesus as Lord. And so just like follow online, it may seem like nothing's happening, but the truth is we have no idea what God is doing. We just know that he's always at work. And so right now we see things dimly, but when Jesus returns and that veil is lifted fully, on that day we will see the full impact of our lives and what impact they have truly had. And what a glorious day that will be. And so remember that truth on the days you feel discouraged. If you feel knocked down right now, if you feel like giving up, Paul reminds us what's at stake. What's at stake? What's well, precious people who Jesus loves. You know, our vision at Follow is Jesus. Our mission is to follow Jesus in our community for his glory. Our goal is to see the name of Jesus lifted high over our region and for people to be drawn to him. And so let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So Paul continues in this passage and he finishes by saying, do good to all. Therefore, verse 10, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong, belong to the family of believers. I've shared previously that in a time of unprecedented lockdown and isolation, we've become more connected with our physical neighbours than ever before. Uh, early in the pandemic, we started a Facebook page for our street. We've dropped off various gifts to our neighbours. We've hosted a pancake party at the park. And we have grown in relationship with so many people we didn't previously know. And it's been an absolute joy. It's been truly wonderful to come to meet people in our street. And just a couple of weeks ago, I was at our local cafe. And I know the Christian owners of the cafe. And I was telling them about how we're getting to know our neighbours. And she gave me 16 free coffees to go and distribute to those houses. And so that was right in the middle of our recent snap lockdown. And so that night I wrote a quick note and I put two coffees together on each note and I gave them out to eight neighbours in our street. And I encouraged them to go for a short walk to the cafe, 
for a pick-me-up takeaway coffee to get through lockdown. It was great to watch people walk across the park and head over to the cafe. But a couple of days later, I was walking home through the park after walking the dog, and one of our neighbours who also has a bull terrier like ours saw me walking Darcy and he rushed over and he said, this must be Darcy, and he started playing with our hyperactive mutt. (laughs) Well, that small interaction actually led to a 30-minute conversation where I heard so much more about his life. I found out that he's a returned army veteran who spent time in Iraq and he shared how hard it's been to settle back in Australia now that he's raising a young family. We talked about our community, we talked about faith, talked about church, we talked about the food van. And in that 30 minutes, our relationship went so much deeper as a result. Now, why do I tell this story? Well, one of my reflections from 2020 is that for the last six or seven years, we've been living in our house. These relationship opportunities have always been there, but we just haven't seen them. Or more to the point, we haven't taken them. I'm a little bit embarrassed to say it took a pandemic to open our eyes to the opportunities that are right there around us. And it was only as we got prayerful and proactive that these opportunities became a reality. I wonder what opportunities may be there for you this week. What opportunities to do good to all people in your neighbourhood, in your workplace perhaps, in your friendship circle, in your school, in your family? What opportunities are there to love people and to reveal to them the person of Jesus so that they would be drawn to his extraordinary love? And so let's be prayerful and proactive about that. And we may just be surprised at the opportunities that exist all around us to do good to all people in the hope that they would come to know Jesus. But I want to finish today with the last little bit of Paul's statement because I think it's a clear message to the family of God. And that's what we are. We're a family, brothers and sisters in Christ, all united around the person of Jesus. And he says at the very end of this verse, he says, do good to all people. That's so important but especially to those who belong to the family of believers. You know, on Wednesday, I went to a senior pastor day at Crossway, and it was so encouraging to interact with so many godly men and women who are serving in ministry. And we got to hear the stories of various churches and what they're up to and how things are going as they start to regather. Uh, Some of these churches have their own buildings, and they've been regathering since January. But what they found and what they reported back to us is that only around about a half or at best two-thirds of the people from their church have actually returned. And one of the pastors was using an illustration which I found really helpful. And he was talking about the tide coming in. And he said when the tide comes in, everything rises with the tide. In other words, when in life when things are going well, it's, it's easy to be swept up in the emotion. It's easy to be full of faith and passion when things are going well in life. You know, we're going to take the world for Jesus. There's this real faith-filled enthusiasm. But when life gets hard and the tide goes back out, it actually reveals what's really under the surface. And I believe the church worldwide has been shaken more in the last 12 months than we've ever seen before in our lifetime. And the truth is we're facing a day of reckoning. As the tide has gone out in a difficult time, is starting to really reveal what's been under the surface. I think the question we all need to consider is what is this season revealing in me? Is it revealing a deep and resilient love and trust 
in the person of Jesus? Or is it revealing an over-reliance on a weekly church service that I can't have a vibrant faith if I can't gather for an hour on a weekend? Is it revealing a passion for the future to see people reached with the love of Jesus and seeing the opportunities we have ahead of us? Or is it revealing an apathy that maybe Jesus isn't as high a priority as we thought? I think these are challenging questions to ask ourselves in times like this. You know, one of the most sobering passages in the whole Bible is found in Matthew chapter 24, verse 12 to 13. And it says there's this, going to be this time where there's an increase of wickedness. And it says in that time, the love of most will grow cold. It doesn't say the love of some or the occasional person. It says the love of most will grow cold. I find that so sobering. My fear is that the crisis we've faced in the last 12 months My fear is this, that it's actually the finish line for some people when it comes to faith. They've become weary. They will give up. They'll just walk away. And I'll say things like, my dear friend said, it's just too hard to be a Christian. And I really believe that none of us should be ignorant or arrogant enough to think that it could never happen to me. I think right now, many people, as I talk to them, they feel less you know, passionate about gathering than ever before. But the truth is, I think in this season, we need one another more than ever before. Let me say that again. I think right now, many people feel like gathering less than ever before. But the truth is that we need one another more than ever before. Now, there's times in life we actually need to step beyond our feelings and our emotions and do what we don't feel like doing because we know that it's what pleases God and it's what helps us to grow in our faith. And I think this is one of those moments. Because the end of that verse in Matthew 24 says, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. Church, we need one another right now. We need to be building up one another with our words and with our actions. We need to be doing good to all people, but especially to the family of believers. The only way we're going to not grow weary The only way we're going to keep persevering, the only way we're going to fight the good fight and finish the race is by looking to God and by loving one another as his family. As we prepare to restart our physical services next weekend, I wonder who in the family of believers can you reconnect with this week? Who can you encourage to gather and worship with the family next weekend? How can you do good to your brother or sister in Christ today? after this service, this week? I think these are really important questions to be asking ourselves in such a difficult time for all of us. We've been knocked down, but church in Christ, we can get up again. And so let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, and there's plenty of opportunities all the way around us, let us do good to all people and especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Let's bow our heads and we're going to pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you that you are a good and faithful God. And the the reality of the last uh, year or so is that we have had a really difficult time in the world. But the deeper reality is that you're always at work, even in the midst of it. The deeper reality is that you're always good. You're always kind. You're always compassionate. And your love for us never changes. And so today, Lord, as we come to you, I ask that you refresh our hearts. For those that are weary, for those that are 
disheartened, for those that are still angry or confused. Lord, may they have a peace that passes all understanding. May your Holy Spirit fill them afresh this morning as they experience and connect your, with your love. Lord, we don't want to grow weary in doing good. And right now, many of us feel that way. It's hard to keep going. But Lord, your promise in Scripture is incredible, that if we don't give up, we will reap a harvest in the proper time. And Lord, we planted this church five years ago because we wanted to reach this community. We believe wholeheartedly that there's people in this community that need you. They need to come and encounter the life-changing truth of Jesus and all that you've done for us through your life, death, and resurrection. And Lord, we're not going to grow weary in doing good, but we're going to keep going. We're going to keep trusting. We're going to keep sowing and planting and watering because we know we're going to reap a harvest. And Lord, right now we choose to picture people in our own lives personally. Maybe they're people we know. Maybe they're people we've never met before. But right now they're distant from you. Lord, we ask that you would use us, that you would use other churches as well, other Christians as well, to be people every day who are on mission to not grow weary in doing good, but to keep sowing seeds of your love, keep talking and sharing about the good news of the gospel so that many of these people would come to know you. Lord, I pray that we would love one another. Your word says that the world will know where your disciples by the way we love one another. And Lord, I pray that we would do good to all people, people that don't know you, people who are far away from you, people who look different and smell different and maybe so uh, different to us. Lord, I pray that we do good to all people, but especially that we do good to the family of believers, that we would love one another, serve one another, use our words to build one another up and spur one another on towards good deeds so that you would be revealed in this community. Lord, we acknowledge that right now many of us are at the end of our rope. We don't feel like gathering, we don't feel like pressing into you. We don't feel enthusiastic or sure about the future. But what we are sure of is that you're a good God and that you've promised to give us your Holy Spirit as our helper and counsellor, to guide us, to lead us, to use us, to reach people for your glory. So as we love one another and as we love the world around us, Lord, we thank you that a harvest will come. We pray this with great faith, and great certainty, not because we're anything special or because we feel like doing all these things at the moment, but because your word promises it. And so we stand on it. We trust in you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us for our weekly message. If you live in the southeastern suburbs of Melbourne, we'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning service. All the information can be found on our website, follow.church. You can also follow us on social media at Follow Baptist Church.